Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Be The Church podcast, where we are engaging in conversations that will encourage you to live out your faith in everyday context so that you can be the church. I'm your producer, Isaiah. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin. And today we have another special interview with Leah Espy about being a mother while also balancing work. Uh, Leah is a homeschooling mom of four, a pastor's wife, and a business owner. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Awesome. Uh, So first off, you know, I always love to ask the question and kind of get to know who we're talking with. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, Okay, so I am from Texas originally. Still kind of claim that as my of course. (laughs) Texans always love to tell that story. Yeah, you can never, never, uh, it never leaves you fully. (laughs) Um, So after graduating in college, I went off to be a missionary for a couple years. I lived in West Africa. That's actually where I met Daniel. I was not expecting that, but (laughs) uh, God had other plans. (laughs) So did that, came back, did seminary, got engaged and married, had our first child. And then we moved up to Washington State where we, um, Daniel ended up becoming the lead pastor for a while. We lived there for a while. Um, as we grew our family, as I grew a business, as I learned to homeschool and all the other things. So, and now we're in Florida. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, that's, it's, it's quite a story. I definitely recommend if you know Leah or have the ability to ask her more about it, I got to hear a lot of it and it was, (laughs) it was awesome. And I know there's still so much more there. So, um, thank you so much for being here and we are excited to uh, talk about our topic today. Um, and, but before we do, I'll always say something for you listeners out there. Uh, as we talk about this, uh, we would love to hear from you at podcast.alethegainesville.com. If you have any further questions, want clarification, want to continue the conversation, um, or just have other ideas for people we could interview or discussions we could have, we, we love each and every email. So um, be sure to hit us up at podcast.alethegainesville.com. Um, so to start this uh I wanted to break it up into two sections as we're talking about motherhood and then uh, essentially working mom life. Um, I wanted to start first uh, talking about that working mom life and then maybe moving into some general motherhood like advice. Sure. Um, so I'll let Kevin start us off with the first question. Yeah, Leah. So tell us just a little bit about how you balance being a mother, a wife, and a business owner because that's a lot. It is a quite a bit. <laughs> it is a lot. Um, let me first, I think the most important thing to start with is, um, being that I'm in a room with just men, uh, <laughs> men don't always understand this. And I mean, you're married, so I know you've, mm-hmm. you've seen Jackie probably go through seasons of this, but, um, this is an area that a lot of women carry a lot of guilt and a lot of shame over, um, their decisions, just over how they live their life, the comparison trap, like all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really something that I wanted to first um, encourage those who would be listening that, um, number one, what I share is my own testimony and story. And it's what I have 
experienced and what I have grown through. Um, but in no way am I suggesting that this is a one size fits all or mm-hmm. that anything um, that anyone should carry any kind of guilt over their own decisions um, when it comes to that. Because I'll first say that balance, to answer your question, is actually, I think, just it's it's not even it's an, you're unable to find balance. Mm-hmm. Like we are just unable to actually create balance. It's it's this lofty dream or goal that we work toward right. and it never really can be accomplished. Uh, the best image that I've ever um, heard it described as is it's like you're spinning plates. And so you could have, if you've ever seen one of those magicians do that trick. It's when very they're, impressive. Yeah. Like, so they're spinning a plate here and then here and then here and then here. And they're there. You have to continue to go back and spin this one again before it falls. Like it'll start to slow down. And before it falls to the ground, you have to run back to it. And so there's always some spinning faster than others. Mm. There's never this perfect balance or symmetry. And um, that's just the truth of what it's like to, to be a woman because we wear a lot of hats mm. um, in general, especially when you're married, if you have a career, if you have children. And um, some people can spin more plates than others. I mean, that's just the truth. You know, mm, some right. people have, uh, you could also relate it to like a dinner plate. Some people need a tiny dessert sized mm-hmm. plate and that's what they're able to manage well. Mm-hmm. And then others can, you know, have this humongous plate and they can pile things on. And I tend to be one of those people. So I don't want people to compare because I do sometimes I overload it <laughs> very often. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> so it's just one of those things like to first know who you are, um, and then to realize that it's not so much about balance, but it's about priorities um, because the main priority should always be uh, wanting to reflect Christ, wanting to grow and become more like him in whatever circumstances he has in our life in front of us in that season. Uh, the responsibilities that we have to a spouse, um, our children. And so seeking to um, really glorify him in those decisions and how we prioritize our time. So not so much balance, but priorities is what I would say. Okay. How do you, how do you, I mean, obviously you, you stated there that seeking to reflect Christ is kind of like the chief aim, right? Amongst creating the priority list. How do you, and then I'm sure Daniel as well, how do you guys navigate kind of deciding what maybe order those priorities might be in and then like what attention is going to be given to those priorities, right? Because if balance isn't possible and we're saying, hey, there's, you know, to get 100% of Leah, this area is going to get 10%. This area is going to get maybe 30% because it's a higher priority. Maybe this area is only going to get 4%. H- how do you guys kind of go about setting up the values behind which priorities you're going to run after? Um, I think part of it, um, one of the things that we've done well is, and I, I think we've done it very loosely in the sense like we didn't have a, a title or a, a fun little caption to go along with it, but this is just something instinctively Daniel's very good at is um, having a lot of communication over just talking through our vision and what our goals were as a family, what are short-term current goals for like what's happening right now in our life, but then long-term, what do we want um, our end result for our children when we do raise children and they leave the home? What do we want that to look like for them, right? And so truly um, each season of life has brought differences of what those priorities are. 
Um, currently I'm working a lot less hours than I was Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. And so, um, there have been seasons where our kids were in private school, some where we've homeschooled. And so those have shifted over time because our core vision and and long-term values of what we wanted to create as a family goal, um, has not changed like that has always stayed the same. And so that has determined through each season what our needs were Mm -hmm. and how we balance those priorities. Gotcha. So what I'm hearing is is you kind of have like some some vision and some priorities, but even the way in which you approach those priorities can change from season to season, depending on kind of just what the Lord's doing in your life around you and what your circumstances look like. That's helpful. Yeah. So, you know, you've talked about, and I think this was really valuable and I think will be helpful for the listeners, just this, um, you know, not comparing and, you know, it's not one size fits all. And there are different uh, paths that each person takes. So uh, then when people maybe come to contemplate what path they'll be taking, um, what advice would you give moms out there contemplating the difficult decision of having a career, maybe out of necessity, maybe out of desire? Like what what maybe is a good driving force and, and good to help people work through that decision? Yeah, because absolutely. Sometimes those decisions are not made by choice. You know, it's necessity, uh, whether the spouse is sick or just extra expenses, whatever it might look like. Um, I think I know there was a season where I had to put Daniel through um, seminary and so I had to work more. And so I think really looking at that is number one, if you are a mom and you have to work, there are still ways that you can still be present with Mm. your child and really prioritizing that time that you are together as being very um, intentional. Mm. And so putting the phone aside, like, you know, not really letting those distractions come into play. Um, And it looks different in different seasons when they're little, it means just cuddling with them and reading to them, you know, playing and being silly with them for a few minutes at a time, like totally will, will connect you with them and you will have those um, lifelong um, just attachments that are healthy and help draw them always back to you. And I've seen that played out in our children. Um, There are seasons as they grow older, they need you less in time, but way more when it comes to emotions and and those needs. And so creating this um, intentionality of communication, of talking about things and and being very open so that they always want to have that close relationship to you and they trust you. Trust is like the most important thing that you can build upon. So if you are needing to go to work, um, maybe looking for different um, options so that your work could be flexible, whether it's a flexible schedule, whether it's um, being able to work near them or to be able to work from home so that you can, um, you know, arrange your time around their needs and things like that. Absolutely. So what what about maybe on the the, the converse, right? Because we, I think some of maybe the the lead behind that question was, you know, a mom that might want to stay home but is, is unable to. Yeah. What, what, what advice would you give to maybe ladies who are working now who are maybe planning on entering into motherhood? I know that as a pastor – one of the common things I've seen over the years is a lot of women who they have a career, they've gone to school, especially, you know, we're in a university town. There's a lot of 
really, really intelligent, highly qualified women that attend our church. Most, I can't figure out why they want me to be their pastor because they're all (laughs) way smarter than me. Uh, I love living here. Um, But, you know, you talk to them when they're younger and when they're in college and no, I'm going to work no matter what. I've worked really, really hard for this. And then that baby shows up and something just shifts. So how do you maybe even like with the women in our church or women that you've counseled out in, in Washington when when Daniel was the the lead pastor there and a lot of people looked to you, obviously, just because you were Daniel's wife for advice on that. How do you help women kind of just navigate the the decision of, should should I stay home? Should I should I not stay home? What what what's important? How do you help somebody kind of navigate and think through that? Um, I would one thing I would definitely say is that, and this is something Daniel. If you know Daniel, you'll have heard him mention this: is that nobody really prepares you for uh, thinking along the lines of what is our greatest asset. And over time, <laughs> funny it is, it's time. Like as mm. we age, we realize time is our greatest asset. Right. Um, we might have had these incredible uh, dreams and passions, and we might be completely capable and um, extremely successful and achieve much and all of those things, which I've experienced all of that. Um, yet, as we age, we realize time is that thing. We, we will never look back. Like I, I can't, I don't know a single mom that has ever looked back and said, I wish I would have spent less time snuggling with them or yeah, less time right. playing with them or any yeah. of those things, right? It's always, why didn't I put those other things aside and realize they weren't as important um, in that season? And so I think thinking through, um, if you're already in a career, for example, you really don't know what's going to happen when you birth that child and you see this complete miracle come from you that the Lord has created and you're overwhelmed um, with responsibility, with uh, some fears, with uh, not knowing how things are going to go, um, lack of sleep, all the things <laughs> that come <laughs> along with it. Um, and I think it's it's truly like that child wrecks you in so many ways, so many really beautiful ways. Um, and you don't know how you're going to respond. You might have been the most driven person, and yet that child changes, like you said, flips a switch and everything is different. And you are then scrambling with how do I now make these adjustments because I don't want to leave them. You know, so um, I think if you're already in those stages, I think it's being very prayerful of like, how can we, um, like what sacrifices can we make? If that's a season that I want to take, you know, a break and take a gap from my career, can I do that? Um, or being intentional about when you do that, Mm -hmm. because like I said earlier, it's as they age, they need you present. I fully believe now as our oldest being 17, they need me more now, um, in so many different ways. So when they were little, if I just hugged them tight and, you know, spent a little bit of time with them connecting, then they knew life was fine. Um, As long as there was a caregiver who also loved them and gave them that nurturing. So I think it's being intentional about when do you make those sacrifices and changes? Um, And maybe you have to delay some of that because that career you've built. um, And I think realizing that 
um, it, it's kind of cool because there's the first five years they say are these foundational years, right? Like this is where in their brain, everything is developing and they're learning um, the value of relationship and connection and, and nurturing and all these things. Um, but the Lord did something really incredible. And if you have looked into any kind of way, uh, like studying how the brain develops, especially with fostering, this is something they talk about a lot or adoption. Um, even when those early ages were not done well or to the best, um, you have a rewrite opportunity when they're teenagers. It's their brain opens up in ways again where you can actually rebuild onto those early stages of development and create those those um, opportunities for nurturing again. So it's kind of like, you know, you you do your best when they're really little mm-hmm. to create that. You kind of have a little bit of a gap your few years there um, where they're just in school. They're doing their thing. They're kids. Like they don't right. really know any different. And then when they're teenagers, it's like they need you so severely all over again. Um, so kind of being intentional about that, that plan. But I think if you haven't um, embarked into that career yet or you're not married yet, uh, one of the things that I really encourage women is, number one, talk about these things yeah. in that premarital stages, right? Like right. you need to know that you're going to be on the same page because the most important thing is that you're flexible mm-hmm. over those seasons. Um, like you said, sometimes out of necessity, you have to go to right. work. God forbid something happened to your spouse or whatever. But um, I was a little bit different of an example in that I always wanted to work. Like I I love having something that's my own. Um, but the Lord early on told me, like just really uh, pressed it upon my heart that I needed to be home and homeschool them. And I did that out of obedience, not, yeah. not desire. Not desire. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. that was a huge sacrifice yeah. for me. Um but because my priorities were and our vision was established, I was able to trust the Lord in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gave me a season a little bit later to work and pursue those achievements and those um, areas. And then he's called me back home again and with the kids home and, and homeschooling. So I think it's really being flexible because you don't know what I mean, this adventure that you're on with the Lord, you don't know where he's going to take yeah. you. And so you, you and your spouse need to both be flexible to um, whatever those shifting, you know, um, turns might look like in your navigation um, and that journey ahead of you too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Leo, what would what what did you guys do? Um, and I'm riffing here a little bit, Isaiah. Sorry. That's fine. Um, what what did you and Daniel do before you guys had kids? to kind of prepare you guys for the the marathon that is parenthood like and and what were some things that maybe you wish you had done you know you know some people are really really fortunate they grow up in homes that are just an awesome example and like you walk into marriage and you you're talking to your spouse and like well, we're just going to do it that way um it's not my story it's not it's not it's not not my wife and I's story um but some people are fortunate enough to have that but when maybe if you know, tell us a little bit like what you and Daniel did to say, okay, we, we have these priorities, we have these values, we have these things we're really, really going to care about, but we haven't had it maybe necessarily modeled, had others model that well for us right in front of us as we were kids. So what did you guys do in order to help maybe take some of that vision 
to the to the hands piece of like uh, from a practical level. Here's how we're going to do this. Yeah, um, I think <laughs> I'm kind of laughing here because I think um, the best thing that happened for us um, was that, uh, yeah, like Daniel is just not who I ever envisioned that I would have <laughs> pictured myself with. I don't I, think I would. I still don't envision that. So, but you, get, so, you probably feel the same about Jackie and me. So he, okay. I mean, you know, so like he pushes me in all the areas that I need to be pushed in. Right. And so causing that, um, just that friction in the sense of like, it took a lot of sacrifice just being married. Like mm. I, it was just the first year of marriage was one of those where it was constantly me laying everything before the Lord and saying, God, this is yours. Like I need you to show up in a mighty way and do something beautiful with this um, because it wasn't easy. And so, um, but I think because as we, when we both became believers um, during college, that was my story was that I said, literally, Lord, my life is not mine. Mm. It's yours. Mm. And so where, wherever you lead me, whatever you call me to do, I'm yours. And, um, I have definitely <laughs> had the opportunity to live that out and practice it sometimes not as easily as others. Sure. And I think that set us on that path. But I think, um, we, cause to be honest, we really did not have that modeled. Now, both of our parents um, are still married, both sets of ours. They still love each other. Um, they love the Lord now, but that hasn't always been the case. And yeah. we really never had um, a really good biblical parenting modeled for us. Mm -hmm. So um, Josiah, our, our first was not planned. It just kind of happened <laughs> when we weren't really ready either. But um, so all of it was just kind of like, okay, now what do we do? It's again, a surrender, surrender, surrender. Um, but then I'm one who will seek out like, okay, who can I learn from? What can I draw from that others are doing? I'm looking at those who are raising children that I see that there's a respect for the parent, that there's a love for the Lord, that they're doing something right. What can I, and just constantly pursuing and asking questions of those people and learning from them. I think being humble is the best thing that you can do because you're going to be, you're going to be willing to learn from others and to be, to be willing to admit your mistakes mm -hmm. and be like, I don't really have it all together. I really don't know what I'm doing every day even. Um, and so I'm just trying to do better today than yesterday. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of that was, um, just fumbling through it and learning along the way. Um, and a lot of prayer and submission. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think one of the things that you shared there that I, I think kind of mirrors Jackie and I's story in a lot of ways is one, admitting that, admitting what you don't know that you don't know it, and then being humble enough to go ask for some help. And maybe, I don't know if you would agree with this, but, um, well, let me ask you, what, as a, as a mom now, right, who pours into to younger women, but also being very, very busy, what, what are some things that our listeners should know about stepping into families and stepping into, you know, doing life with, you know, families that are, people are working, they've got kids, their kids have extracurricular activities, there's education stuff going on, there's, you know, church stuff going on. What's the, what's the best way maybe to navigate stepping into that chaos as 
a single woman or a single man or maybe an engaged woman or an engaged man and saying like, hey, I, I need help on this. What 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 are good ways to step into that? Maybe what are some things that you would say, I, I, I would really, really encourage you not to go and ask for help in this way. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, we love our gospel community group. And one of the things is it's just such a fun opportunity to invest in mm -hmm. um, these younger people, young adults. Um, and what I love is that as we've gotten to know each other, right? Like that's just a natural, easy way to step into a family, like being part of a, a community group where it's not just, you know, your similar mm -hmm. ages, because right. then you're exposed to wisdom from people who've lived and are steps ahead of you. Um, and you have a chance to also serve. So like we have, you know, as we develop these relationships and there's this trust built, they are pouring into our children right. as these like older siblings in a sense. Right. And so, um, there's this, um, beautiful relationship that just works so well together. And so as we see them pouring into our kids, it really opens the door for us to then have time also to pour into them. Yeah. Um, and so it can be as simple as like, you know, Spencer will be there helping one of our kids with their science homework or you know, math homework, you know, or computer work or whatever, or Gabe answering weird questions about science of the day, you know, or whatever it is, or the girls taking our teenage daughters, um, you know, out for coffee and mm -hmm. to spend time with them. I mean, that gives them an opportunity to also give back and mm -hmm. be part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that they're not just taking. And yeah. I think that that is the best way to really get involved. Yeah. So I think what I'm I'm hearing you say is is if you're going to step into that space and and ask somebody that you really respect for advice, just just be willing to kind of come in humbly, but also be willing to kind of have a, a posture of being willing to serve in some ways too. I know in in our house um, we'll have people ask and and want to know things, and and I'll just kind of tell them straight up like, hey, you might have to come over and help me cook dinner then, mm -hmm. and we can talk about what you want to talk about while we cook dinner for the kids. Or yeah. hey. Um, you know, if, if you want to hang out, like we're going to go through baseball with the boys. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a, a, an eight year old around. Yeah. Like, is that cool? And just, just know, like, you know, I think especially if you're younger, um, you, you can kind of get into a rhythm or a pattern in life where, um, your spheres of influence and the people influencing you are all your own age. Mm -hmm. And, because that's the case, you have a lot of free time and, and a lot of abilities to do things. So you think all learning happens, you know, in the classroom <laughs> right. or all learning happens in a coffee shop or, you know, over sushi or whatever it may be. And those are great places to do that. But when you get older, you just realize, you know, to use Daniel's quote about time being an asset, it's just so much more crunched. And so if you're going to, if you're going to, seek that kind of stuff out. Just be willing to kind of maybe even step in and kind of make yourself part of the family, which it sounds like you guys get to experience in your gospel community yeah, really regularly. Absolutely. So, so what are maybe, and maybe if you want to break this answer down, Leah, in um, maybe seasons of like maybe your kid's life or maybe even seasons you walk through personally, I don't know, however you best want to answer it, but what, what are some rhythms you have learned are found to be helpful as you've parented over the years? Yeah, I actually wrote that down to remind myself to say that everything is a season. <laughs> <laughs> Wise because, words. I mean, it's true. And it's not just, um, you can't even generalize. I mean, you can to a, to a certain degree, but 
you can say infanthood is this, toddlerhood, you know, preschool, et cetera. But every child is so unique and different. I mean, your two boys are so vastly different. And then our four are all extremely different as well. And so, you know, I remember Daniel and I, we had our first two and we just, they were pretty compliant and pretty, you know, just easy to parent. And I remember thinking I would (laughs) take a look at other parents and be like, what are they doing wrong? Why are their kids so misbehaved? And then, then enter our third and fourth <laughs> into the scene. And so, you know, like you think you have it all down and yeah. it's you, but it's really not. Um, always it's a lot you. at play, right? Yeah. There really is. So I, I think the most important obviously is to learn to press into God. Like mm-hmm. that rhythm has to be primary and you have to continue to press into the Lord. Um, and, and just to seek his face, um, you have to surround yourself with other godly people um, because they're going to share the burdens with you. They're going to share life with you. It truly does take a village to raise children, um, but you want to be selective of who that village is, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. right? You want to choose who you allow to speak over them and into your life. Um, but especially if you know you are staying home and your finances are small and you want to be able to Uh, do ministry opportunities or whatever it might be. Like you can share the burden of watching each other's kids with another mom, Mm -hmm. um, play dates, whatever that might be, but you need other people. Um, you need to be willing to flex. You have to adapt, um, because things change. You might have a child with, um, that has learning disability or special needs. You might, um, they might just need a different kind of schooling and you have to make drastic new decisions Mm -hmm. at that point. Um, you have to trust always trust the Lord because, uh, number one, he knows what's ahead, you know, and he always is seeking what's in our best interests. And truly, um, the seasons that we go through, uh, when you are dealing with a non-compliant child or whatever it might be, it's usually the Lord working through areas in your own life Mm. just as much as it is in theirs. And so he is, putting a mirror before you and showing you things that need to be changed in your own, in your own, um, walk with him. And so that's always, um, important. I think having integrity, um, and by that meaning that, um, that we're faithful and all that the Lord gives us, um, that we're not trying to, um, shortcut things. We talk with our children about this a lot, Mm -hmm. um, that it might not be what you're most passionate about. And like I said, when I became, a homemaker in that first season, it wasn't easy. And I remember praying for a significant period of time for the Lord to give me joy in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did, and he was faithful to it. But in the, like, until he did, I still had to walk with integrity and do everything to my best um, ability to not, to work against bitterness to or resentment, to um, do things with joy so that my children would know that I loved them and I was serving them um, as just as I was serving the Lord. So I think that that was something really important. And then rest in him because um, there are going to be seasons that are really challenging and you don't know how it's going to turn out, um, but you just have to rest that the Lord is good mm. and that when you've been faithful, um, that you can look back and realize that um, he's still at work there. Mm. So, um, talking about rest, you know, I feel like this, a a lot of people would argue is one of the hardest parts. Um, 
you know, not even just like being a mother and working, but just being a mother, like, especially with four kids, I, I can imagine that's a challenging thing to find uh, what, what have you seen over the years as being one of the most viable ways to actually rest? Cause I can imagine that is not easy. Yeah. Um, so I'm not always, so my, the pattern in which I rest is not always the best example. I don't sleep as much as most people. Yeah. And we're, I'm a work in progress on that still. Um, but, um, it doesn't have to mean sleep obviously, because there right. are years you have no control over the infant mm-hmm. crying in the middle of the night. Yep. Um, that's a supernatural power the Lord gives you to with, <laughs> to, to uh, yeah. make it through that season. But finding rest is finding things that um, that are healing for you, that are filling your cup, so that you're not just constantly pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And sometimes it is saying no to your kids about certain things. Sometimes it is you having to leave for a period of a few hours to. Um, you know, just go be with a girlfriend and just share over a cup of mm-hmm. coffee, like where you're struggling and pray for one another. Um, sometimes it could be work. I mean, work could be that way that you are able to, you know, um, rest aside. Like if it's just a peaceful place and you're able to be filled in that um, place, then you can come home, you know, and then pour out again. So it, it can look different for different people. Um, for me, a lot of it is that community, like mm. truly. Yeah. Um, and it's still something to this day, you know, that Daniel thankfully uh, really supports. And I'll say, you know, I just, I need time with girlfriends and he'll say, go, go away for a weekend, you know, like go do what you need to do. Um, because that's a way that I get filled up and can come back feeling like I'm whole again. Mm-hmm. So that actually leads into my ne- my next question for you. You know, obviously, um, I, I would imagine most of the people that are going to hit download on this particular episode are going to be moms or, or young women. But there might there might be a guy or two out there that chose to download this and listen to it. So, what what advice would you give from the mom's perspective to current husbands or future you guys that aspire to be a husband and a dad one day to how they can best kind of support and kind of participate this and do this. I mean, you've mentioned Daniel multiple times throughout this. So what what would maybe be a couple pieces of like just key wisdom or key advice that you would give to maybe some of the men that might be listening to this episode? Um, Listen, but don't try to fix things Mm. always unless they want it fixed. Mm. So (laughs) that's one of, you know, Daniel is a fixer and there are many times I have to say, I just need to talk. I just need you to listen and that's it. You know, don't try to fix anything. So I think really giving a woman a chance to um, just release, you know, because you can imagine you have all this pressure. It's kind of like, you know, this uh, pressure, like an instant pot almost. And you have this, and it needs that steam release at times because you're dealing with sometimes toddlers who just um, talk at you all day long and you're just, I can't hear another word, but I need to release my own thoughts, you know, or who've been very disobedient and you need to just let out that frustration. Um, or you're just in the middle of trying to make a hundred thousand decisions and then others asking you to make decisions for them, your own children. And so then you just need to verbalize that. So just listen, 
Um, that's a good one. I think another would be being supportive, like understanding that even if your wife had said from day one, like, I'm going to work, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a working mom, like realize that anything can change. Um, and I think being supportive of that, not holding her necessarily to that with any kind of guilt over her head of, you know, this or that, um, and truly just never adding extra guilt to those things. I think, um, to any decision because we can have the worst day and I can guarantee that women are usually harder on themselves, um, and beating themselves up over you know, what they did wrong or what they should have done. So not adding to that is definitely important. So um, I do have a a final question eventually, but I I did want to kind of process through something I I was thinking about. Um, Obviously, there is a lot of community connection here. And and so for you, what kind of advice might you give to people in different circumstances, whether they're working, whether they're not working? And uh, as a mother or or they're just single right now, there's probably a lot of opinions out there on things. And uh, I I would guess over the years, you've engaged with a lot of people with a lot of different opinions uh, through that. And like, how, how might you encourage someone to engage or healthily, like, you know, respond well to both positive and negative, whether it be family, whether it be community, whether it be church members, like there's a lot of people out there who have those strong opinions and like what's what's a healthy way to engage or or receive that kind of uh perspective from so many different directions yeah i'll tell you from day one you're gonna meet um you're gonna meet opinions when you share the baby's name i mean like that's (laughs) so true that is so true so daniel and i always kept the name in secret um until the (laughs) baby was born because we just didn't even want input we didn't want anyone to say why did you choose that what is that you know like none of that so i think being guarded um like again choosing who you're allowing to speak into Mm. your life about specific things um and sometimes that could mean even you know keeping family apart as, as far as like having the ability to speak within this, it's almost like you're building, you know, a fence around, um, your family of what you, um, what people have access to speak into and others are going to still attempt to, and, and that's okay, but you just have to be solid in your decisions at that point that you just kind of nod and smile and just don't even bring it up. Um, I've learned over the years, it's not worth arguing with most people about anything. Um, if they're asking questions and they're truly wanting, they're out of curiosity, wanting to learn, why do you choose that? That's different. So um, it depends on the approach that right. that comes to you as far as like, well, why did you choose homeschooling? Well, if, the, if they're coming and I think they're sincere wanting to know that question, then I'm going to respond with, you know, a simple answer. And then if I see that it's genuine, then I could go into more deep depth of um, a discussion. But I think, you know, you're going to, like you said, parents, everyone is going to have an opinion about from everything about whether you, um, whether you breastfeed or not, whether you let your baby cry or not, whether the baby sleeps with you or not, whether you, you know, every single decision you make. And, um, I think when people that you love, you know, and, and like they approach you about certain things, I think then you can ask questions in response and and just 
act in a way that you are sincerely interested maybe in how they came to the conclusion that they're at out of respect, but that doesn't mean that you're buying into it, right? Mm -hmm. There's a difference of just saying, oh, well, why do you feel that way? And letting them speak. Sometimes people, and I will say for women especially, (laughs) something I have learned over the years um, in every circle that I have encountered, and I have friends across every spectrum, um, and in the extremes as well, that most of the time when a woman is trying to make you feel guilty about your decision, it's generally because they're insecure about their own mm-hmm. or they are feeling guilty about their own. And so it could be, you know, I've had people who have said, well, you shouldn't hold them while they're sleeping. And it was because that mom felt guilty when I dug deeper that she had to work and wasn't able to hold their baby while they were sleeping. So she was trying to tell me, you know, how to do it differently. Or, um, you know, it could be about, you know, something else that, that we're choosing to do. So it's generally because they're feeling guilty or insecure in their own decision. And so they're trying then to push that on you. Um, or some people don't understand that, Biblically, we can have convictions about things and others can have a different conviction in the same area. Um, And so it's not our job to to (laughs) try to convince them that their conviction is right or wrong necessarily if it's within the confines of what biblical teaching is. And so uh, we can feel differently and that's still okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think that's uh, really insightful to help process through some Tough conversations that I'm sure come up over the life of a person. So, um, so as one last question, um, you know, this answer can be short or long, however you decide, but, um, if you could go back, uh, you know, to the beginning of when you started to be a mother, um, and tell something to yourself about being a mother, what would it be? Um, I've thought about this a lot since I read your question. And um, to be honest, I have no regrets. Um, That doesn't mean that I've done things perfectly. Mm, Um, But it means that I really do feel like um, I have been, I have sought the Lord's wisdom. I have prayerfully, you know, pondered different decisions along the way. I have been humble to um, redirect and change um, as the Lord guided us in a new direction. Um, but I would definitely encourage myself again to um, play with the child, just sit down and play with them, read to them, um, pray for them at night, um, listen to them. When they tell you every single detail about their video game experience that day and they need you to understand all of it. Like just at least pretend to listen (laughs) Um, and nod your head and ask a question or two. I mean, really, truly what's important to them, they're going to overflow and just, they're going to want to come and share these things with you. And when you build those layers of trust, um, over time you see it pay off. And so I would just remind myself, I would tell myself like it will pay off, like it will be worth it. All of those years of sleepless nights, all of the crying and everything else, like it's worth it. And, um, 
you know, we're not, we're far from done. Like we still have several years left with our younger ones, but, um, seeing our older two have two years left of high school, like already seeing the fruit of what the Lord's doing in their lives. And it's really exciting and fun. Um, but I think like just remembering that it's worth it. And I, I wrote down this scripture, um, Galatians 6, 9, and I think that just really reminding myself, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's really applicable to all areas of our spiritual walk, but, um, you know, it's in this section where they're talking about bearing one another's burdens and... Mm-hmm you're going to bear a lot of burdens as a mom. You're yeah, going right. to carry all of those things that the children need your help carrying because it's too weighty for them. They just, they cannot do it on their own. Um, and when we show up and we're there for them, um, this world right now is just, it's crazy. And the things that, um, that their, their minds that they are encountering, and it's not like just we did, but it's, in their face constantly through social media and everywhere that they go, um, they need to know that they can come to their parents because they trust them and they love their parents. And um, even if they disagree with them at times, like they know their parents are looking out for their best interests. Um, And when you build that from the ground up, like it's worth it because they're going to come to you and not just listen to their peers and what society tells them. Um, And I think any young mom, I would also remind them that um, it is like this is a weighty statement, but at the same time should bring freedom in the sense that um, it is not um, it is not anyone else's job to um, educate our children, to lead them into um, their walk spiritually with the Lord, to to raise them up. It's really ours, and this is the hardest but most beautiful, fruitful, worthwhile pursuit and endeavor we could ever attempt. Um, And it's not for the church to disciple them. It's not for schools to educate. That is on us ultimately. doesn't mean that the church doesn't have a part and the school doesn't have a part, but it's on us. But the, the beauty of that is that God will be so faithful when we seek to do it his way, when we um, surrender them to him, knowing and trusting that they're his first and he loves them more than we ever could. And so he wants their best interests and he knows what that looks like. And when we are constantly pursuing him, when we are choosing who we surround um, and bring into their lives to speak over them, um, that there's freedom that ultimately God is in control. So even in my imperfectness and imperfections of like how I parent, the things that I do and the ways I mess up, God is still sovereign and he's going to overcome that. Like it's their story he's writing. He just is allowing me to be a part of it. Um, And so just reminding myself that like this is, this is not my story in a sense. It's their story. I, I get to be, I, I thankfully get to be part of this. And it's something I can be grateful for and excited about watching as he uncovers and um, just unleashes who he's created them to be. Absolutely. Um, any last words? No. Thank you, Leah.
Yeah, I, I think uh, that was very well said. And, and thank you so much for being here. We've had a wonderful time. And uh, I always love just sitting and hearing uh, you answer these questions <laughs> and all the questions I've asked uh, previously uh, in car rides, etc. So, um, so with that, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this discussion and uh, that you are encouraged and uplifted and challenged to be the church. So uh, if you have further questions, feel free to reach out to us at podcast.alatheagainesville.com. Uh, we'd love to have further discussions and even um, maybe connect you to Leah if you have specific questions. Uh, and if you if this spurs on ideas of things you'd like us to talk about in more detail or discuss in future podcasts, let us know. We'd love to hear from you uh, and love to get new ideas. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, follow, do all those things. Uh, if this episode was encouraging to you, I encourage you to share it with someone else that if you think it can be encouraging for them. Uh, with that, we again, thank you so much for listening and we encourage you to go and be the church. I, I have tried to keep it organized. Look at that. Boom organization wins again good job fetterman it didn't start as organized as it is now so even then i don't know if kevin always uses the tools i make but it's fine a lot of that has more to do with how much time i have not it, whether i want to we, we do recognize them. kevin is a very busy man it just depends on the day true true um so it's not even so much like physical time it's like do I have the energy to engage in in that at a free moment? And if I don't, I just don't. Right. So, this is a good anyway, podcast I know talk. about energy management. Trust me, I'm trying to get better at it, which is why I don't check your tools sometimes. <laughs> that's fine. All right, so the first thing. Brilliant. See, you got it. <laughs> can't figure out why David is not here. <laughs> yeah, I know. How could David abandon us like this just to like. He had the child three hours ago. I know he could have made it. Oh yeah. Yeah. They had the baby. Yes. If you're listening, uh, David is now a father. He's been a father. Well, he's been a father. Sorry. The baby has, the baby has arrived so he could hold his child. Stork delivered. Her walk. I got a mess. We got a text at like what? One 30. Yeah. The water had broken. Wait, was it one 30 AM? Sounds right. Oh, I thought I just got it at seven. I assumed it was. This is why you check the time code. <laughs> <laughs>